Blog Talk Radio. It's 3-2 Djokovic in the fourth set of the U.S. Open final, and I'm turning 30 in a week. Let's do a freaking show. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Switchboard not cooperating. Hold on. Oh, God. All right, so tonight on the program... Oh, man, I wanted that to be so much more dramatic. Let's try it again. Here we go. There we go. Mike Gertz, let's start with you. 
Well, you know, I, the uh, the Clint Eastwood thing was it was it was almost like an Andy Kaufman moment where I said mm-hmm. to myself, "Is there a joke going on here that I don't get?" And I hung mm-hmm. on just long enough to figure out if I was too uh, dumb for this or too smart for this. And uh, it was some of the most astonishing things I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I, I would love to know who the orchestrator behind the DNC was, because it's like everything that they did was a response to what they saw just a week before. Uh, so I agree with you. Okay. Um, and, Sean, I noticed we had a little um, uh, exchange on Facebook that night about what had just transpired. You had missed it live, but you went back to watch it later. What did you think about Clint Eastwood, and then what did you think about uh, the conventions in general? Well, first of all, you can hear me now, right? I can hear you now. All right, yeah. Yeah, first of all, that was brutal. That was absolutely one of the, the craziest, most insane things I've ever seen, R.E. Clint Eastwood and, and Invisible Obama. Um, it, I, you know what? I almost joked that I think he was almost doing promotion for his new film, uh, The uh, Trouble with the Curve. Because uh-huh. in that movie, it seems as if he's senile. So I think this was like a brilliant plan by Clint Eastwood to, to drum up promotion uh, for his character in that movie because it, there's no way that was real. There's no, that's and there's what, absolutely, that's what I'm saying. It's like I couldn't, decide, I couldn't decide if there was something brilliant that I wasn't in on. It's like, it's like he was either in his own world or I just wasn't smart enough to get his brilliance. <laughs> right, and here's my question. Here's my question. First of all, you've got Clint Eastwood who, who admittedly is not the best public speaker. Secondly, why are you not screening what he's going to say beforehand? I mean, the second he comes to me, if I'm a uh, RNC guy, and, and, he, and he comes to me and says, yeah, I got a plan to talk to a chair for about 45 <laughs> minutes, I think I'm going to nix that. I heard that there, was a, that there was a Romney video earlier in the day that I have not seen that actually succeeded in humanizing the guy a little bit. Uh, I've heard tell of this legend. And it, what, what what a disaster that they wasted like pro, like like premium prime time hours on that fiasco when when they could have been airing something that that candidate desperately needs. Well, and, and oh, the, yeah. thing too, the thing too that was that was interesting to me, if you look at the difference between the the Republican convention and the Democratic convention, the Republican convention, except for the Eastwood fiasco, was uh, I think Ryan, you said it just or it seemed very. Uh, Oh, I don't know. It was it was not human at all. It was very robotic. It was it lacked uh, emotion. Uh, there was no identifying with the American public at all. It was a very negative sort of uh, convention, uh, basically targeting President Obama. Whereas if you look at the Democratic convention, they could have done the same thing, but it was all basically uh, positive campaigning, all emotion, all mm-hmm. driven to to identify with the American public. And I think they reached their audience a lot better. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, and uh, what did you think? Uh, who did you think stole the show last week? Do you think it was uh, the president? Was it was it Michelle? Was it uh, Bill Clinton? Uh, Sean, what do you think? I think it was Michelle Obama. I think uh, her speech. First of all, she she has become. I saw her, when I was uh, reporting in Kansas City. I saw her um, on the trail, on the actual campaign trail, and I got to cover her uh, her speech in Kansas City. And while good, it was nowhere near her. Her skills as a public speaker and as an endorser for her her husband have come so far in in three and a half four years. It it's uh, it was remarkable. It was moving. You could see the tears in the audience, and, and I think it just brought the house down. 
And uh, Mike Gertz, what do you think? I, I pick President Clinton. I, I mm-hmm. would, it, it, and and even more so when you think about it, uh, if you juxtapose it to what the RNC did. Uh, this guy, uh, now this is a little long, but talk about an impassioned, fact-filled speech that uh, completely galvanized the party. And the fact that you had him there was a, a demonstration of pride of your party's recent past. And uh, with, with at the Republican convention, it, 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 you'd think the George W. Bush eight years never happened. There wasn't a single right. representative there from those eight years. They're a party that feels like they have to run from it. Uh, you know the mm-hmm. great thing. The, the great thing too about that, about that Clinton speech, is it's no secret that that he and Obama are the best of friends, and and right. yet he he stood up there and like you said, it was all about the party and and pride for the party, and for him to stand up there and, and be that big an endorser, even though he admittedly is not on Obama's side with everything, and that that was telling too to me. Did you guys feel yeah, like? Yesterday, that they don't actually get along uh, personally either. Like they don't, you know, it wasn't just oh he ran against Hillary, so uh, so I'm going to be against him. They actually don't really get along uh, on a friendship level. So they've been like playing golf and stuff recently to I guess work on that. Um, but you wouldn't know from the way that the that the convention went. And for me, uh, to uh, Bill Clinton, just everyone was great. Um, I thought. Michelle was great. I thought even Biden was great, and you know he's a loose cannon sometimes. Um, but uh, but yeah, Clinton to me was just I was in awe watching watching his speech, and he could have gone on for another hour, and I wouldn't have minded. Who is the better Who is the better speech giver in general, President Clinton or President Obama? That's tough. What do you think? That's Sean? a re- that's really tough um, because they're two different styles of, of yep. speaker. Um, I. I I don't know. I don't know if I could even gauge that. They're both they're both really good in their own right, and I mean, obviously, Clinton is one of the best orders of of, of our all time. But and 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 obviously, Obama's skills behind the mic are what brought him to the presidency in the first place. I don't even know. That's an incredible question. The, the what do you one, think, Mike? Yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough, and it, it is. It, they're they're very different. Um, one thing that really stood out to me about. Uh, uh, Obama's speech at the DNC was how different a, he is in terms of tone and content of his speech than he was just four years ago. The difference between speaking as a candidate versus speaking as the president. And at one point in the speech, he even called that out. He said, a lot has changed in the last four years. I've changed in the last four years. Because you do kind of have to give a different speech <laughs> when, when before it's all about hope and change and possibility versus running on your record. And now we're mm-hmm. kind of we're kind of seeing Bill Clinton 3.0 because we had we had pre-presidency, presidency, and now post-presidency. Um, Guns in my head. I, I, I'm a I'm a Bill Clinton speech guy. Um, the, the 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 soaring rhetoric that we saw from Barack Obama in his campaign days, we've seen less of that in his presidency, and I perhaps understandably so. But the way that mm-hmm. Bill Clinton can come at you with you know, folksiness and charm. And lay out the facts in such a way that it's just tough to argue with them. I would pick him at a very close race. Well, I thought it was. Did, did you have a too. stroke just I, now, Mike? What, what's going on over there? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I sound like I'm having a stroke. 
<laughs> you know, I thought I did think it was brilliant though, guys, about how you know basically they weren't the, the DNC was not all the speakers weren't shying away from the fact that they couldn't boast about all sorts of changes. They basically came out, were honest, and said, "Look, it's going to take a lot longer than the four years we had to fix all the problems that were left for us." And I don't know whether that. I mean, you guys would have to tell me if you thought that brutal honesty was the way to go or whether they should have tried to throw more positives about the, the, the current um, presidency. Uh, in you know, I don't know whether what, they went the right way. Yeah, that, I think they did, and that's one of the things that I think people forget about the first time uh, he ran, because in 2008, one of the things that I remember the most about um, his uh, speech the night he was elected was, mm-hmm. this may not happen in my first term. You know, we, mm-hmm. it was like he, he set it up. So that people under people he thought at the time would understand that it would take a while, and then over um, this past weekend, uh, you know, people just seem to uh, want things to happen right away. And I was watching uh, Real Time with Bill Maher on a Sunday, and he was saying uh, on Friday's show, like people keep saying stuff about, uh, well, Obama, you know, are we better off than we were four years ago? What has he really done? And then he gave a list, like. He ended the war in Iraq. He repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell. He came out for gay marriage. He passed health care reform. He's done a lot. And, and for people who allege that those social issues don't matter, I think that's really messed up. Mike? And, and you know the, uh, the, the, you spoke to a lot of the content of the convention, which is, which is true and uh, hopefully matters to most people. But I thought even in the tone of the conventions, when you compare them, there was a little bit of a role reversal because if you ask which, which convention was a little bit more flag-waving, you know, proud to be an American, I actually thought it was the DNC this time around. The Republican Party has gone so negative and has so many bad things to say that uh, maybe for the first time in a long time it's been the Democratic Party that, uh, just from a tone perspective, is the one who gets to rise above and, and, and pound their chest a, a little point. bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good point. Yeah. Let's move on from this. Uh, I don't think anyone is really debating each other at all here, um, <laughs> uh, which is, I mean, that's not the point of this anyway. Let's move on to um, this really sickening story about this guy who uh, he, uh, well, he found out that his girlfriend was HIV positive, and I guess she told him after they had had sexual relations, um, and he stabbed her to death. That was his first reaction. Um Sean, what do you think about that? Well, you know, it reminds me, this is the second big HIV uh, story that just came out this week. Uh, um, there was one just happened as well about a guy who, who is being charged for attempted murder for having unprotected sex with a 15-year-old boy. And, uh, and he blamed the victim, too. He said that it was, it was his fault, the kid's fault for having unprotected sex with him. I don't, you know, to kill, it's sort of a dramatic reaction to just kill this woman. Now, I, I, I guess we don't really know whether it was a, a thing where she said, I, I feel bad after the fact that I've possibly infected you, or whether she just, I mean, I, I don't know. There's no real way to, to tell what her, her motivation was. If she did that on purpose, infecting the guy like that other story, then you can kind of see his point of view, I think. And, and I guess regardless, yeah. you, you can't, so if the act is over, you can't have a self-defense argument. So this guy's going to say, like, temp- temporary insanity uh, based on rage, right? Like well, the old story. The same, of, like, thing, 
But is it the same thing, though, as, as is, is, you know, I think if you look at, if I was a defense attorney, I might say, okay, you know what, we're, we're looking at this in just this one context. What if it were a guy on the street pulling a gun on me, and he's, he's going to kill me? Don't I have the right to kill him before he kills me? Is it, mm-hmm. Would a defense attorney have that sort of, you know, argument, right to that argument? I guess if I'm the defense attorney, I'm going to try to make that argument. But the in the situation we're talking about, the, the guy was already, the bullet was already, the trigger was already pulled, right? Right. So it wasn't sure. it, it, it wasn't a threat over. <laughs> if 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 they've already had sex, isn't the threat over? Um, yeah, I don't know. I would I would. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the defense attorney in this particular trial. It's, 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 about, it's about the most horrific thing I've heard in a long time. Yeah. Boy, it's, it's certainly uh, – the, the saddest part is that she's a, a mother of two, you know, and so her, her uh. kids came home and screamed, and the neighbor found the kids saying something was wrong with Mama, and that, that's just – that's the worst part of the whole thing. God, did it all happen immediately? Was it all immediate? I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, we do. You know, I do a lot of work with with HIV/AIDS awareness and stuff. And one of the main things that that a lot of the counselors and and social workers they tell, you know, the people with HIV/AIDS they have to own up to it and they have to be responsible themselves. Um, I'm not in any way blaming this woman who's now dead. But you have to wonder why she, in the first place, had sex with the guy, knowing that she had HIV/AIDS, and then felt bad about it to tell him. I just don't know that you talk about things happening after the fact. Well, her apology came after the fact too, and there's no way that she should have ever had sex with this guy in the first place. Yeah, and I guess if you're a defense attorney, you're going to argue that you're going to try to argue her own malicious intent. Yes, exactly. Right? Isn't that what you do as a defense attorney? You demonize the victim. Yeah, you obviously do. Yeah, that's the only because that's really if you you look at the guy, he's guilty clearly of, of killing this woman. But so at that point, the defense attorney can't can't argue the main crux that no, he didn't do this. Now you've got to look at, at alternate ways of spinning this to make her to make him look more like a victim himself. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on from that topic, um, as fun as it may be, to uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the the. Athletic events that happened over the weekend. Now, Sean, I know you're a big uh, football fan. Uh, have has your team started up again? Dude, and first of all, the you know what the great thing about football season is that first of all it's back. But the second great thing is that I go about two of every seven days during the football season having no clue what happened over those two days because I'm sitting in a bar for two days watching football season. And and and. <laughs> And, and for some reason, my wife lets me get away with it. I have no idea why, but the fact is it's almost like I wrote it in a prenuptial agreement that in order to take me mm-hmm. on as a husband, you're going to have to give me two days a week in order to, to detox. It's, I, I, my, teams, my teams all won. The Bears won. My college teams won. Um, you know, the, only, the only negative thing is you've got these, these uh, referees out here who, are, uh, who aren't the professional referees, so they're, they're kind of screwing things up. But, um, you know, shoot, man, it's America's sport now. It's bigger than baseball. I, I mean, I don't know anyone who doesn't lo- watch uh, NFL now. Uh, Ryan, I was at the, uh, yeah. I was at the, I was at the Meadowlands uh, on Saturday for the Syracuse USC game. Oh yeah, uh, did we lose? Yeah, yeah, Syracuse lost, but I'll tell you, they hung, they hung in, uh, they hung in longer than anybody would have given them credit for. Syracuse might be the, mm-hmm. I'm gonna sound like such a homer, but they must might be the best <laughs> home team in the country. 
They, 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 they came back from uh, two or three touchdowns down against Northwestern last week, and then they hung in with USC for three quarters uh, this weekend. So yeah, Sean, I'm the same both. way. I'm, I'm the same way with football season. Um, I've been I've been teching mm-hmm. the show all weekend. So I, I'm I'm the biggest Steelers fan on the planet. So okay. I, I was real I was real lucky. They lost. The right? Yeah, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. But I, I was lucky that they were the late game because I was able to watch the whole thing. And uh, Peyton, Peyton, you know, I would be nervous <laughs> if Syracuse started winning football games. Like then Mercury would be in retrograde, and yeah, I just, I wouldn't be comfortable. You know. It's one of those things where you don't know how to root on a winner, right? <laughs> yeah. It would just, you, it would just be too unfamiliar. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great basketball team, horrible football team, and let's keep it that way. Yeah. You know, it's funny because these football Sundays are so are so dramatic for me, and I'm out all day because we're on the West Coast. The games start at 10 a.m. So uh, so last night I woke up uh, at about after passing out during the Steelers, uh, the late game, uh, and I go down to the kitchen, and I open the refrigerator, and there's a box of chicken in there that I don't remember ordering, and there's like 15 pieces of chicken. Now, here's the thing. First of all, what, wh- when did I order the chicken? Secondly, what, what was I thinking that I walked in by myself to a chicken place and ordered 15 pieces of chicken? I don't understand what happened there. Well, at least you weren't driving to a chicken place. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. Mm-hmm. But I got but I got dinner for the next week, so I'm happy. <laughs> um, uh, do either of you guys watch uh, tennis? I you know, watched. I, I watched I, the Olympics. I watched, yeah, I, I watched about ten minutes of Serena yesterday because because it was on the same screen as the as the four o'clock game uh, at the bar I, I was at. That's about all I did with the U.S. Open yesterday. Okay. Um, yeah, I watched the I, uh, Olympics. I watched I watched her during the Olympics, and and I'm not shocked that she won. She she looks incredible. Oh yeah. So she, like I um that that's that's my you know Sean you said you don't really know anyone who doesn't watch NFL that would be me. Uh, I don't. Um, but my best friend for 23 years is like the biggest Giants fan ever. So I don't know how we've been friends for this long. But um so uh, also uh, it's yeah I was watching her tennis. Um, and I have a big problem with the way that the semifinals of the men's tournament have gone down the last few years because Mother Nature decides to um, send a tornado to Queens, uh, you know, the one time that's ever happened, on what to me is the greatest day of tennis all year long. And do you know what? Do you know how that has made me feel, Sean Broyles and Mike Gerst? How's it made you feel? A certain way. When you just don't know what you're feeling, you can't find the right word to say. Well, that's the moment you start to realize you're feeling a certain way. You feel a certain way. I feel a certain way. I said everybody's feeling a certain way. I feel a certain way. You feel a light bulb moment because you know what from now on when I get into an argument with my wife uh, and she asks well what are you what are you thinking about I'm gonna say you know what I feel a certain way okay yes, leave it alone. perfect cop out absolutely <laughs> I feel a certain way because there are a lot of times when you just don't know exactly how to say how you're feeling and I remember the first night I heard this phrase my friend Julian was staying at my crib one night after going out in New York and we were talking about our old acting teacher and he was like 
Ryan, I don't want to talk about this at 3 in the morning. It's making me feel a certain way. And I, it made me so crazy. And I was like, what does that mean? What are you talking about a certain way? And he's like, I don't know. It just made me feel a certain way. And now I understand because sometimes, and it's 99% of the time, certain way is negative, but you don't want to, you know, you can't really say it's, it's, it's that bad. So, yeah, you just feel a certain way. Anyway. It's the great, it doesn't escalate anything. It's a great way out of an argument. And then if you play the entire chorus of that song, by the time it's over, she won't remember what you were fighting about anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the reason that I felt a certain way the last few years is I can't remember a U.S. Open that, that ended on time um, due to conditions in New York. You know, it's hot as hell all summer, and then all of a sudden is rain and tornadoes, and Mother Nature has um, single-handedly decided to destroy, uh, well, just to ruin my life for a day. And um, what I think is the best day all year in tennis is that Saturday in New York where you have the two men's semifinals. So inevitably you're going to have four of the top men's players in the world play during the day. And then at night you have the women's final. So two of the top women's players in the world. And, and it just makes for incredible matches. Um, and you like it better than Wimbledon? Uh, I do because there's a different energy, which mm-hmm. also what I think happens with the U.S. Open is that if players are playing at night, and there's an American playing at night in New York. There's no energy like that. So then, like mm-hmm. last week when Andy Roddick, who announced he's retiring, when he was playing at night and, like, he kind of had the momentum going, and then it started raining and they had to get off the court, I knew he was going to lose the next day because there's a totally different energy during the day. And, of course, at right. night in New York, you're under the lights, everyone's rooting for the Americans, and then the next day he lost and they'll never play again. <laughs> you, know? Right. So, um, you, know, you know the answer there. The, the answer is just make them play in the elements. Just just just, <laughs> ma- just make them stay out there. It's a sport that needs it's a sport that needs better viewership anyway. You don't think people would tune in for that? No, I wouldn't because the ball would be soaked, and so the the average exactly. uh, serving speed would go from about 150 <laughs> miles an hour to about two. I think that's exactly right. the kind. I think that's exactly the I, kind of disaster. The kind of disaster <laughs> that that ESPN could market the hell out of. Oh, yeah, what yeah. tennis ball at the U.S. Open? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> the only place that that would work would be at the French Open in the clay. When you're on the clay, oh, you goodness. can play a little longer in the rain because the court, it's not, you know, it's it's easier to kind of just roll around in the dirt. Um, uh, but you're, you're, see, you're overall, a good guy. That's, you're a good guy. That's why you didn't think of the obvious. If, it, if it's raining in the French Open, you know, get the tennis players off the court and start bringing in the mud wrestlers. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, you want to increase or, viewership? Come on. Sponsored by Blood Light, let's go. Bring Anna Kornikova back and have her do the mud wrestling. That's right. Yeah. There you go. She's, she's, the, she's the designated weather delay pro. And yes. Pouring down rain, you just send her out there. Watch, yeah, watch, send her out. watch, watch the Nielsen rating spike. <laughs> Throw Enrique Iglesias there, too, as well. There you so, go. Um, yeah, so, but this tournament, I think, overall has been really good. And right now, it's uh, it's a five-set match. Uh, Murray won the first two sets. Djokovic won the second two sets. And now Murray's up 2-love in the fifth set. And uh, anyway, I guess I, I forgive Mother Nature because this, this is, uh, you know, it makes it last another day. And it's an amazing match. Um, you know what? Moving. You, you know what? This is the – I just got to say this, you know, with, with uh, you were just telling me about the finals and everything. You know, is this not the year of the British – 
I mean, between London, between mm. the, the sports, between the movie, it seems like every movie that comes out now, there's a British star in it. I, it's like I can't get away from that accent. It's like I feel like I need, <laughs> in, in, order to, in order to compete anymore in the United States in this world, I need to take on a British accent. You hear it everywhere now. Why don't you just admit what you really want to say, that what you <laughs> cannot stop listening to One Direction? <laughs> You know, I do have kids, two girls, so uh, yep. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a great year for the British. Also, um, I forgot to say, uh, Serena Williams, uh, I feel like it's the big, it's the year of her return, and she just, last night she was down in the third set, she came back, and it was just, she really has the heart of a champion, and uh, it was nice for an American to win in a final. Um, you know, it was, uh, so she, kudos to her. Anyway, are, back you, to the are you are you a Federer are you a Federer guy, Ryan? I am. Hell no, no way. Are you? <laughs> so I I I have become a Federer guy, but I think what it actually is with me is I am an old athlete guy. By the time by the time the great mm-hmm. ones get really old, and you're just wondering, yeah. man, can they can they squeak one more championship out of their old bones? And I, he's old. I know he's not actually old. He's old for a tennis player. It, the same thing happens. Like I, I never rooted for Kobe Bryant. I kind of root for him now. So you're um, a Roger uh, Clemens. You're a Roger Clemens fan, then. You want to see well, him? Well, uh, there, look, there, <laughs> there are exceptions. The guy's two hundred. Peyton Manning last night's performance against my beloved Steelers, notwithstanding, I kind of never rooted for him his whole career. But now that he's old and he's trying to make this comeback, and he looks weird in a different jersey. I, I, I like rooting for old guys. So, yeah, I, oh, I did that. I did that with, yeah, I did that with Brett Favre. I, even though I was a Bears fan, and still am, and hated him in every team. But once he came back in Minnesota, and he's like 50 and 9 years old or whatever, it's like you just kind of <laughs> want to see a guy defeat the odds of, of nature. You want to yeah, see right. them do something that, that – that, and it's sort of almost an inspirational thing for you because you're looking at that like, you know what, I'm I'm freaking 200 years younger than this guy. Can't, maybe I can accomplish something in my life. I mean, you know, you, know, you, kids, you kids out there who are, who are thinking about not uh, asking that hot chick out uh, for a date, you think about Brett Favre and Roger Clemens. That's what yeah, Peyton, Peyton Manning's 35 and he threw for 280 yards last night. Maybe I'll go right. to him today. Right, right. Maybe yeah. I'll run a mile on a treadmill. <laughs> okay, Sean, Mike, um, I have no idea where Murphy Lee is. I do know that he tweeted something about heading to Georgia, and I was hoping he wasn't doing it right now, but he just may be. Um, no. So uh, I'll tell you what we'll do is I'm going to play one of his new tracks, uh, try to contact him. Um, you guys got to go, or can you stick around for a few more minutes? I can stick around for a few more minutes. Got Monday Night Football on mute, so I'm all good. Yeah, I got uh, to U.S. Open on mute. I got, I got a few more minutes. Okay, cool. All right, we'll play uh, Murphy Lee's new single. It is called – what was great was getting the instructions for playing this. Um, make sure you play Fatty and She Know It. Here we go. Murphy Lee with Fatty and She Know It, and we'll be right back with Sean and Mike and hopefully Murphy. <laughs> Tattoo say bubble, I just wanna see her blow. Just look at how she bounce. Look at how she bounce. That's how she pay for them cars, man. That's how she pay for these houses, man. And she got some titties. Some titties kinda look good. Don't they sit up like they want? She's trying to get this wood. He's just trying to put it all on. Trying to put it all on me. Got my 
Nah, nah, nah. I don't know why is that. I don't, I don't, that must be trying to be near some messing with my location or something. Uh, no, nah, my birthday is actually uh, December 18th. I'm oh, it is December 18th. Yeah. Okay. Just, well, happy early birthday regardless. We'll just say that. Um, <laughs> Appreciate it, bro. <laughs> are, are you um, still a big booty type who likes them thick with their mind right? Yeah, I'm still the big booty type like them thick with their mind right. I still Which do is that. more important, do, do you think? Which is more important, <laughs> the mind or the thickness of the booty? Um, if her booty right, I can't even get the mind right because I'm pretty good at, at talking to my lady. So, but oh, okay. but I, I, so I, prefer, you... I prefer I prefer a right mind though. Where if you got a big um, booty and don't have a right mind, I can make the mind better. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't never lie. Let's talk about the new mixtape that you have. Um, best of both sides. It's available MidwestMixtapes.com. Yeah. Uh, what was the precipice behind this? What was the the, the idea for this collaboration? Um, best of both sides. It was it was um East Side East Side East St. Louis meet St. Louis. You know East St. Louis is actually in Illinois, and and that's probably why you hear me say, "And I'm trying to tell you, don't cross that bridge." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that, that's just the whole side where, where it's a lot of talented artists. And this is an artist by the name of Fresco Kane that I hooked up with. We've been um, friends for a long time. And we decided to do an album together, you know, and, and that's what it came out to be. You know, the first 11 songs we did, we put on the tape. So it's crazy. Check it out, Best of Both Sides, on livemixtapes.com. Or you can go to um, stlmixtapes.com or midwestmixtapes.com and, uh, and get that thing. But it's, it's an amazing project, though. Yeah, and I've listened to the the, the tracks, uh, about five tracks or so, and it's really good. Um, it's uh, it's it's current, it's catchy, um, and at the same time, it's it's you doing your thing, and you can recognize it's you. This song, um, Keisha, is Keisha a metaphor for something else? Um, Keisha is actually a female that we kind of changed her name. She, her name used to be Mary Jane, and we kind of changed her name to Keisha. So it's a female, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it used to be her name used to be Mary Jane, but now her name's Keisha. <laughs> um, okay, well tell me a little bit about uh your life when country grammar took off. Did everything get really crazy really quickly? Yeah, everything changed in in a, in, a, in a matter of months, actually. Mm-hmm. Um it was a crazy situation. The, the how it happened because our life was on the line. It was either sell records or 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 nobody gets a deal. Mm-hmm. So that was like the our our life was on the line. The guy who signed us, his job was on the line. Um, everything was going down. So yeah, that changed my life. That day. Wow. Um. And and then I remember when you guys kind of first came on the scene, and and I've seen um. You know whether it was uh, Saint Lunatics I saw at the uh, the the TRL tour and saw Nelly a few times. I noticed that the um, skill level that you guys had as performers from when you started to the last time I saw you was just an astronomical shift. Like you guys were good to begin with, but then like I remember the last show was probably a live show in Syracuse shortly after Syracuse won the basketball tournament in '03, and you guys were amazing. Right. Yeah, we was just getting into our character. I guess you gotta get comfortable, you know. But um, 
We were just mm-hmm. kids in the candy store, man, just happy to be outside, you know, and then eventually we we formed our craft where we kind of knew and felt like we knew what we was doing, so. Yeah, it definitely came across. Uh, for a while, um, Nelly wore a, a Band-Aid and you wore a mask. Explain the choice behind these articles of clothing. Uh, actually, I wasn't the guy with the mask. The guy with the mask, is uh, he was a hype man by the name of Slowdown. Oh, okay. By the name of Slowdown, and he um he was just a hype man. He didn't rap or nothing like that, write or anything. Uh, I'm Murphy Lee. I was the, the youngest guy. I was the guy on Tail Feather and the guy on Welcome to Atlanta Remix and, and the little spaz. I, got. I was the youngest member of the Lunatics. So it was two different guys, but both of us had dreads, so a lot of people confused it. <laughs> That's the thing. I would have never asked that question, but my coworkers, so I have a day job, terrible, but my coworkers were like, uh, oh, that's the one with the mask. Anyway, let's, I retract it. Let's, let's move on. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned Shake Your Tail Feather. That was another thing that was just um, huge. Uh, did you know when you recorded that song that it would become this huge hit and and win a Grammy? Did, did you did you feel that it was going to be a hit? Oh man, I never saw it coming. Um, it was amazing to even be a part of that. Mhm. Um, and so you're there. You got yeah, Nelly, then, Diddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and, and you know, I'm coming like man, I felt like a little baby dude, but I I I I personally adjusted, you know what I'm saying, just like a pimp supposed to. And um we did the thing, like the video came out crazy. Um right now to this day when I say that part it's just it's just nuts, you know, so I appreciate just being a part. And actually that was my single, you know, for my mm-hmm. album. We had to wait like maybe like six weeks before I could actually say it. But it, uh, we we sold it to the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack, so it was perfect. Diddy got on it, and it was just a perfect situation, man. So we got a Grammy out that thing. A lot of people thought What the Hook Gonna Be was my first single, but actually it was Shake Your Tail for Wow, okay. And then What the Hook Gonna Be came out uh, shortly after. Yeah, yeah right around hit. that winter. Yeah, that winter. Did you know that that would get as much radio play and, and uh, time on, on TV as it did? I thought that was one of the most outstanding and, and craziest songs of all times because it was so different. You know what I'm saying? To this day, no one has ever done anything that different where did something that every rapper want to do, which is just spit. You know what I'm saying? Everybody just want to rap. So it's like, that's what I said on the hook. Like, what the hook going to be? You know, it's like nobody really wants to take time to make a hook and do all that. Everybody just want to spit. Sometimes you just want to, you hear a beat so good that you just want to spit. And that's what Jermaine Dupree brought to us was the craziest beat of all time. So I just wanted to go. I'm asking for the hook, but the hook is really there. So that's, I love that song. Right. It kind of sounds like uh, you're saying writing hooks is, is almost a nuisance because you just want to spit rhymes. And then that it's kind of a nuisance to have to do this, refrain redundantly is that how it feels does it feel like kind of a a chore to to have to write a hook no no it's not sure at all but it's just some beats like that beat particularly what happened was when i heard the beat i just start writing you know i didn't even know that was going to be what the hook going to be you know so it it was just i just start writing bars and before i know it shoot i had three verses already you know what i'm saying so when i was writing the hook that's what I came up with, was like just even having that conversation alone. So it was just, you know, every rapper dream is to just get on something and just spit, be able to just spit. So, you know, kind of play it off that. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Can fans um, look forward to uh, a new St. Lunatics album at any time soon? Um, definitely. We've been recording a lot of records. Um, we're looking for a new situation, but um, be looking for a new 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 city. It's called City Free, too, so be looking for that. And also you can look for um, my brother, City Spud. He's, um, he has like a couple mixtapes out already, so and he's dropping one this winter, so look for that also. Okay, and by looking for a new situation, do you mean looking for a new label? Yeah, we're looking for a new label for as the for as a group album. So we just mm-hmm. we we we're doing we're making some moves, but we do have a project done. So we we deciding whether we're gonna put it out independent or gonna make a power move. So it's all record. It's all set. It's all recorded already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We you know, but we record every day, so. It's right. nothing to swap something out or add a new record or something like that of that, of that sort. Sure. Now, Murphy Lee, be honest here. Were you the creative force behind the tip drill video by any chance? Uh, yeah, you know, anything got something to do with with, with that, I probably had something to do with. <laughs> <laughs> um, the shoot for that must have been crazy. Oh, yeah, the shoot was fun, man. We all enjoyed ourselves. The ladies did what they do on a normal basis, man. So it was great, man. <laughs> Shout out to them ladies. They've been eating ever, ever since, man. I appreciate them ladies, too. That's awesome. Um, what's the what's the best, most fun music video you've ever been a part of? Uh, Probably Tip Drill. Um, mm-hmm. Tip Drill and what the hook going to be? Tail Feather. Okay. All Would of them, say- man. You're going to play a part, man. Would you say that what the hook gonna be is is kind of special to you because it's your song, or would you say Shake Your Tail Feather is more special because um, it won a Grammy, uh, or are they all equal? Nah, it's, I, I think what the hook gonna be because how the whole thing went about. You know what I'm saying? Like my first real like crazy jump off was Welcome to Atlanta remix of Jermaine Dupri. So right. when I finally got a chance to work with him, you know what I'm saying? We came over what the hook gonna be, and it was like. Then we shot the video at his studio and just the whole that whole aura of that was just crazy, so it was perfect. I'm sure you've been asked this a bunch of times, but what sneakers are you wearing right now? I got some um six ring Jordans on. They're probably <laughs> about old nineteen, I mean probably two thousand and eight or something like that. Michael Jordan and them gave it to me themselves. And uh Really? Nobody got these. Yeah, they none. None of have these on their feet. Me only. Mhm. Do you um when uh, Air Force Ones uh, were um, more popular? Uh, my friends in in Connecticut used to call it. Uh, they used to call them Uptown. Did you guys in St. Louis have a, a different name for them? Um. No. Nah, New York did call them Uptown. We just call them Forces. Forces. Yeah. Okay. Um. Who, Murphy Lee, is exciting you in the rap game right now? Uh, exciting right now. Two chains is exciting right now. Um, or two nipples, uh, as you tweeted earlier? You said what? You said you tweeted two nipples, replacing group names with nipples. <laughs> two nipples. Oh, uh, you said, no. Nah. Two chains. <laughs> Yep. True chain. He um he he is exciting in the game right now. Um, Rick Ross, the whole MG, mm-hmm. um, whole Cash Money, like where everybody like kind of is kind of exciting me right now. I'm a big fan of uh Kendrick Lamar, 
Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. I like Big Sean. I like um I like kind of like all the new music that's coming out. I think um I think Big Crit is amazing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He got some. I think he's a, he's a good artist. Okay. And is there anybody that you think is um, a bit too too overrated at the moment? Uh, only people too overrated is the the word groupie. It's too overrated. Ooh. <laughs> the word groupie is too overrated. I think that's that? just messed up the whole game. I don't think no artist is too overrated because you, you get what you deserve. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you put out is what you get back. So I never say nothing like that. Yeah, you see, you're such a nice guy. I'm, I know I'm not going to be able to get anything controversial out of you. But um, that's good. Uh, so you were an in- integral part of two of the biggest hip-hop records of all time with uh, Nellyville and Country Grammar. Um, what's it like to know that you were uh, a major part of these huge pro- projects that so many people bought and loved? I don't know, man. It's 12 years later and I still ain't kicked in like that, really? you know, to really realize it. I just look at the plaques in my basement and just be like, still still haven't registered yet. So we're still working, okay. still pushing for for some more. And is there anyone that you haven't worked with yet that you really are just dying to work with now? Outcast. Outcast. Okay. Andre and Big Boy. That would be a sick collaboration. Yeah, I got actually I did um I did the throw some D's on them with remix and Andre was on it, but I haven't did a specific one by myself. Oh okay. Uh, you know we did a um. I went to college at Syracuse, and we, uh, to the song Roses by Outkast, we made up this ridiculous dance to it that makes absolutely no sense. It's like we're uh, cooking cake batter and, and tapping our watches and praying. All the while, the lyrics are like, I know you like to think shit don't think. Anyway, I was just at a wedding, and, you know, uh, eight years later, a bunch of us gathered around, did the dance, and then it's amazing how people, even though the dance makes absolutely no sense, uh, they just join in as if it does. It was hilarious. No good? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Murphy Lee, uh, NFL just started this uh, season, just started this weekend. Um, you're a Rams fan, right? Definitely, definitely a Rams fan. So, was that a tough loss over the weekend? Uh yeah, I think it would have been tougher if I'd have watched it. But knowing that we was close to him, I was cool. I noticed that you tweeted, uh, "Tennis is dope." I would agree. Which match were you watching when you tweeted that? Do you remember? Um, actually, I was watching the Ferrer. Is his name Ferrer? Ferrer. Yeah, Ferrer. Ferrer. I was watching that match, and then I ended up watching the Serena jump. Oh, okay. Uh, Serena was incredible. Man, I turned the shot at one second. She came back. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's true heart of a champion there. Um, you uh, let's 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 talk about how our correspondence started uh, on on Twitter on August sixteenth. Um, you tweeted, "I know what I need to do, but what's your opinion from the outside looking in?" Because I'm on a mission, and then I responded with the question of mission civilized. And then you said back to me, impossible to civilize the uncivilized. People have to change for themselves after we preach. Uh, what did what did all that mean? <laughs> I'm so random, man. But um, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just hard. You know, 
it's a system that's going on. That's why it's called the trap. You hear a lot of rappers talking about the trap, you know, and it's mm-hmm. um it's a system just in America, period. Just you know, the rich get rich, the poor get poor, and it's it's a system that's going on, and it's kind of hard to civilize the uncivilized when you have to fall victim to certain stuff in order to even fix that part of it, you know. So it's like a double trap, you know, like you can't even help the the people that need help, you know what I'm saying. And it's always right. like it's it's just a whole crab in the barrel system, you know what I'm saying? But how you doing? What's up with it, man? It's just a whole crab in the barrel system, man. But it's it's hard, you know. But one by one, man, everybody got to change for themselves. Side of the world to change, you know. Everybody got to take a look in the mirror and and realize I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that or I need to be doing this and I need to be doing that. And then eventually, you know what I'm saying? It'll pay off. Yeah. But you got to change Indeed. yourself first before you try to change other people. And I think that's where we fall victim of everybody pointing fingers at everybody else besides pointing fingers at themselves. Right. You got to look internally first. I would definitely agree with you there. Um, yeah. Let's uh, Just to, to finish it up, let's talk a little bit more about your Twitter presence. You said um, you're very random. Uh, that's true, I've noticed, but very funny as well. Uh, this part, actually, you tweeted to um, Mommy Butterican. How are you liking John Q so far? Uh, that's one of my favorite movies. Isn't that movie amazing? Yeah, John Q is a shit. <laughs> yep. Um, and <laughs> I also noticed that you tweeted, next Saturday this time, I wonder what or who I'll be doing for my birthday. Who in an ideal world would you like to be doing on um, next Saturday this time? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, I don't know, man. Man, hopefully it's three or four, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> three. No, nah, I don't. I don't okay. even know, man. I'm just, I'm just happy to be, be living, man. Just doing, doing special things in life, man. Changing folks' lives, changing my own, helping my kids, man. I'm, everything else is irrelevant. So that, that could be the biggest birthday present. But you know, I'm like two times two. All I want for my birthday is a big booty hole. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you also tweeted, why do you take two hours to get dressed, but uh, say you're not trying to be seen. Two hours means show out. Um, uh, trying to win, help me, lady humans, please. Is, is this something that really bothers you is when uh, girls get all dolled up and then they act like they don't uh, want a, uh, people to holler at them? No, nah, I just, no, nah, no, nah, hell no. Nah. I think people are going to holler if you wasn't dialed up or dialed up. So I just don't know what two hours, what two hours mean, but. Actually, I've been around a lady, you know what I'm saying? So I, I kind of see what that two hours really be. It don't necessarily mean to get dressed. The dressing part only takes like 10 minutes. It's all the mm-hmm. other dialogue stuff. So I'm cool with it, man. I just want you to know that that you must mean that you are trying to be seen or you know you're going to be seen or something because it don't take no two hours to do nothing. Right. Um, and uh, finally, with the tweets, um you tweeted, I need to learn how to let shit go, man. I can't Joan on every hater, man. Gotta let some uh, get a pass. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh-huh. Is, is this, are the haters hard to shake sometimes? Is that why you tweeted that? No, no, no. You're supposed to have haters, man. It's pretty good. I just I just was saying I can't reply to everyone. Like, I'd be wanting to say something to all of them. Like, anytime somebody says something, I'm ready to snap. And 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 Joan, you know when I when I mean Joan, I mean like just talk about him. I don't mean like cuss him out, like quit hating on me, you stupid mother. Not that I'm talking about <laughs> just like talk about their profile pic or something, 
or something crazy, you know. So you only can see a little bit in the profile pic. So my options of talking about you is low. So I, I just kind of just hit the block button now. I'm learning to hit the block button. That's what that means. <laughs> can you block people on? You can't block. Can you block people on Twitter? Yeah. Hell yeah, that's the biggest part about it. I love it. I got more people yeah, blocked but- than I'm following. <laughs> I love Twitter. Okay. Uh, um, but can't they just tweet at you anyway? Like, can't they just write nah, your name? Nah, once you're blocked, name? you can't, you can't, you got to subtweet. You got to, like, it won't come. To, I won't see no tweet that says my name. You're not allowed to tweet me. But somebody can retweet you about me. That, but that's it. I feel you like know, that may be a. That may be a, a special feature for celebrities like you, because I, I I don't know. I I've do got the check mark though. I do got a check mark next yep. to my name, so I'm, <laughs> so I'm, it might be. But now I've been blocking people since the '60s, man. It's it's been going down. But you were born in 1978. I know, man. I know. It's a figure of speech. <laughs> All right, last order of business. We're gonna play a game we always play on this show. It's called Hot or Hot Mess where I give you, Murphy Lee, a list of things. You tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. All right, let's open it up. First up on hot or hot mess, uh, Chris Brown, hot or hot mess? Um, what? <laughs> what is uh so the game is, is are these people hot? I understand that part. Are you talking yeah. about the song I just played? I'm talking about how... Or who you just named? You named Chris Brown? Chris Brown, whatever, yeah. So is he I'm hot right now? Is he doing I'm thing not saying I'm man. He's always doing that thing. If you're working, you're doing your thing. I'm not the one to say you're a hot, hot, hot mess on that note. He's doing Fair his enough. thing. Um, Nicki Minaj, hot or hot mess? She hot. She she killing it. Uh, Mitt Romney, hot or hot mess? A hot mess. <laughs> Agreed. Barack Obama, hot or hot mess? Barack Obama doing what he's supposed to do, man. Doing all he can. So he's hot. How about? <laughs> I ain't saying no man you. hot. So you got. So you just feeling me? <laughs> I'll say it for you. I don't mind. Yeah, you uh-huh. say it. <laughs> What about uh, Justin Bieber, hot or hot mess? Uh, he just he killing it, man. He killing it. Killing it. Uh, Tom Cruise, hot or hot mess? Uh, as long as he's getting $20 million in his movie, he's killing it. <laughs> and lastly, the Pittsburgh Steelers, hot or hot mess? Oh, uh, they ain't look too good the other day, but they, you know, Pittsburgh get it in. They, they top notch. All right. Um, well, what we'll do is I'll play our audience out with um, one of your new songs, and uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's, it's been a delight talking to you. I really appreciate it, Murphy. I appreciate um, it, man. Yeah, man. I wish I wish you all the success with your new mixtape, and I'll, I'll look Definitely. forward to that new uh, St. Lunatic album. All right, man. Appreciate it, bro. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, sir. Take care. All right, now. Talk to you soon. All right, that was Murphy Lee. Um, of St. Lunatic's fame, Grammy winner, Shake Your Tail Feather. What we're going to do is play one of Murphy Lee's new songs. The song we mentioned earlier is called Keisha, featuring SAG Live. I love this song. Uh, check out the mixtape. It's Murphy Lee. Go to murphydirty.com and follow him at Murphy Lee on Twitter. Here we go. 
just vibe away. Come go ride with me. I cannot lie today. I can't see nobody unless you are highest me. Come get high with me. That was Murphy Lee with Keisha, featuring Sag Life. I have just uh, turned up the volume on the U.S. Open, and Andy Murray just won. 7-6-7-5-2-3-3-6-6-2. Amazing five-setter for the final. Um, first man from Great Britain to win a slam in I don't know how many years. Uh, so, as as everyone knows, he is a Scottish gentleman, and... Uh, he, I'm sure, is going to be very proud to bring his trophy home uh, from the greatest tennis tournament in the world, the U.S. Open. Uh, great final, amazing performance from Novak Djokovic, uh, but better from Murray. And, uh, wow, that's something you don't see every day. All right, so next time I talk to you all, I think I'm going to be 30. So I'm going to, I'm going to bounce. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thanks, big thanks to Sean Broyles and Mike Gertz for sticking around for, uh, like, I don't know, an extra half hour. And, um, huge, huge thanks to Murphy Lee for showing up and coming on and doing his thug sizzle. Again, um, what you want to do is check out the mixtape, um, midwestmixtapes.com. It's free. Uh, if you know anything about mixtapes, they are all free, usually. Um, if, if somebody's charging you for a mixtape, that person got problems. Um, as, as you remember, mixtapes have always been a huge thing for hip hop, um, you know, from the early days on, uh, w- whether it's Eminem giving out the mixtapes from the back of his car, the audio cassettes or 50 Cent just destroying the mixtape game, uh, in the early 2000s, or now you have guys like Lil Wayne drops these mixtapes that are, are of the same quality as an album would be. Like Drake says, you know, I, I dropped some mixtapes, this shit sounded like an album. So you want to go to MidwestMixtapes.com for Murphy Lee's new mixtape. Murphy Lee's doing his thing. Uh, big shout-out to him and all the boys from the St. Lunatics. Uh, thanks, guys, so much for listening. This was September 10th, 2012. Uh, and check us out, BlogTalkRadio.com slash BlazingRye. Follow me on Twitter at BlazingRye. Follow BlazingRye Radio on Twitter. Download the Stitcher app so you can listen to our show without having to download it. Um, and uh, you can find us on iTunes, etc. cetera. Uh, again, uh, big thanks to Grammy winner, CEO of record label UC Me Entertainment, and uh, check out Best of Both Sides from the St. Lunatics MC, Mr. Murphy Lee. I can think of no better way than of ending this radio show, turning it into a podcast right now as we speak, than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. And... Hit the brakes, Florence. And also, if you have a Barbie doll, bend that Barbie back, cut off her hair, burn her knuckles on the stove, and leave her in some drawers. Good night, everybody. We're going to end with Murphy Lee killing them. I'll see y'all when I'm 30. Let's go.
Never do I ever smoke regular. Haters talking about we ain't enough. Trying to figure out where they do that at. Nigga, watch what the fuck you say to us. Fuck, I look like stopping nigga. Nine to five, can't pay my bills. You don't even look like a profit nigga. You ain't even got no rapping skills. You ain't even on my level though. Did a lot, got hella to go. Still make hits in studios. Me and Fresco got plenty of those. So far ahead of these rap niggas. She's green like Pax nigga. Hatton nigga, platinum nigga. Whack rappers do a lot of acting nigga. I'm laughing at you, not laughing with you. These rappers dressed like little sisters. I tell the truth, not to ditch you. But you camera phone rappers can't get the picture. You late? I'm so gone, so far, nigga, up there. Nosy motherfuckers like upward. Your girlfriend's skirt nigga, I've been drinking all night, smoking all night. It's alright, time is so right. Better get to know me, I'm the one on it. Far as galaxies go, I'm as high as they go. Bitch, I killed them. We killing them. Fuck y'all heard, we killing them. Killed them. We killing them. Fuck y'all heard, we killing them. Y'all say, I ball, Elway, go hard, every day, won't that spot in her way, pop status, cold play, retail of masses, Cobain, paint bitches, mad vivid, y'all unhealthy, bad living, good music, what y'all heard, hoes rock dick, John Duren, hit mad green, pop person, fake niggas come and start disappearing, say bitch made, unpaid, insane in the membrane is what I am, so I be, fuck what you heard, dog, I do me, your baby mama popping that coochie, White girls, I love Lucy Love black girls, yeah, I love them all But don't call unless y'all are dropping draws This real life, this kid's nice Hustle hard, but it's real ice Shitting on them like lax tears Gangsta, I got I've been drinking all night Smoking all night It's alright Time is so right Better get to know me I'm the one on it Far as galaxies go I'm as high as they go Bitch, I killed them Galaxies go, I'm as high as they go. 